0: Welcome. How are you?
1: How are you doing? Thanks for having me.
0: I am doing great. Thank you for calling in. Very. Uh, we have a lot of uh, listeners who um, are beginners at, at bushcrafting and and survival, and you know how to how to uh, set up for what the unknown. And what I mean by mm-hmm. that, what I mean by that is being ready and being prepared if you ever have to evacuate, uh, whether it's weather or whether it's some kind of political um, disaster. Um, yeah. Yes. So welcome to the show. Welcome to Long Island is listening. How are you?
1: I'm doing great, and thank you for having me. I definitely appreciate it. Not a problem. Yeah, um, so my name is Stephen, and uh, the name of my channel is the Virginia Bushcrafter. And I started bushcrafting. It was a spinoff of hunting. Uh, I saw a guy make a bed out of 100 feet of paracord. So I tried it, and I've been bushcrafting ever since. But uh, there are other things that made me get into bushcrafting as well. Uh, With everything that's going on today, I want to feel confident that if I had to bug out of my residence, that I would stand a very good, very fair chance of surviving. So that's what's really gotten me into bushcrafting. Virginia Bushcraft. So things down in Virginia are probably different than Long
0: Island, New York. Um, you mm-hmm. know, the weather's obviously different down there, so there's different ways p- to prepare for different states. Um, what would you recommend to people who are uh, just starting off and they're a little Weather nervous? Quick? Like, where would they begin? Okay. You know, like they're
1: nervous, they don't know where to begin? Yes. What I would recommend for a beginner is to at least uh, get a good night, and practice in your backyard. Just go out and practice in your backyard one day. The next week you may want to go to the woods and practice uh, maybe 25 yards away from your vehicle. Okay. The third each time you go you can extend it. But I would say that basically bushcrafting is a wilderness survival or survival in the wild. It's more or less advanced outdoor skills. So the first thing that I would say to a, a bushcrafter is to make sure you have a good knife, and that you are that you have a tarp instead of a tent because a tarp is portable and you can make many configurations out of a tarp. And a tarp can be used for many purposes, such as shelter, uh, a ground cloth, or even just uh, uh, to keep you warm. Right. So. So Long
0: Island now is getting, you know, starting to get to the uh, colder weather. Uh, you know, the sun's yes. setting a little bit early uh a little bit earlier during the day now. It's getting darker. Yeah. It's getting darker earlier. Uh, chillier nights. Um obviously, mm-hmm. you know, Virginia and 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 Long Island, New York are two different um the way we'd pack up here, it'd be more blankets and more things to keep you warm uh overnight for survival.
1: That is correct.
0: Um so yes. In Virginia, um, it, 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 would you be packing, you know, you wouldn't have to pack as much stuff, I would think, like, because, the, you know, the
1: weather's kind of with you? Well, at night, it, it does get cooler. I've been in the bush where it's been 90 degrees during the day. Right. And the temperature to 30 during, during the night. Right. So when you're going out, you want to make sure you have something to sleep on, something to sleep on, sleep in, and something to sleep under. Now, you want to have something that's at least four inches compacted if you are sleeping on the ground. And your clothes are going to be your first extension of cover. Okay. Uh, so you usually want to sleep inside of a bivy sack or a sleeping bag. So you've got a road mat to sleep on or some other form, maybe uh, plastic bags with leaves to sleep on. You can sleep in a bivy sack and you have the um, tarp to cover you. But most importantly, with that weather, it's very imperative to be able to make a fire and sustain that fire. That's uh the utmost importance when you're out in the bush, uh, given this type of weather that we have.
0: Right, because if, if the fire goes out in the middle of the night and, you know, uh, you're kind of screwed in the, in the colder weather, I would, I would think, right?
1: That is correct. That is correct. Um, one thing about the weather, when I get to the bush and I have set up my shelter, I immediately start to harvest wood. Okay. And if I complete my shelter at 9 o'clock and I'm going to stay overnight, I'm going to be harvesting wood until maybe an hour before it's dark, eating snacks in between. So when I harvest wood, I'm basically chopping wood, bring it to my campsite, and then I will process it into smaller portions of the wood. Um, and you're going to need something, uh, five things to make that fire, which is going to be a fair sim rod uh, to throw sparks. You're going to have to make, have tinder, which can be dry grass, cedar bark, or man-made tinder, which can be Vaseline and cotton ball. Uh, you're going to have to make some kindling, which is going to be uh, finger, finger size or pencil size or smaller, And then you're going to need, uh, the bulk of the material, which is fuel, which is going to be wood that's maybe risk, risk size. So you're going to use the ferrofilm rod to throw sparks on the tender. The tender will ignite the kindling. The kindling will ignite the fuel. And of course you have your oxygen. So that's to keep it going all night. Okay, so now you you would know,
0: I guess, you know, if, if you're by yourself and you're setting a fire for the night and you to get some rest, I mean, you, you pretty much know how long how long your fire would last.
1: That is, that is correct because I would uh, get very, very large pieces of wood. Okay. But in all honesty, when you're out there by yourself, I know for me, when I'm out there by myself, and I, I always prefer to have a fire all night, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Okay. I wake up almost every hour to stoke the fire, so that is just something you get used to doing. Uh, being get comfortable, being uncomfortable.
0: Okay. Get get uh so get uh, used to being comfortable to being uncomfortable. In other that words, correct. you I guess you're setting some kind of timer so you get up every well, every hour to make sure that fire keeps going and and you're safe.
1: That is true. Um, now, most of the time, you. I'm, sometimes I may sleep 30 minutes, uh, then sometimes I'll sleep, you know, maybe 10 minutes, an hour, um, but you you, you're, you will just automatically, you, you won't be in a deep sleep, okay. but you will learn to know when to get up by the feel of the fire. You can feel when the fire is going down, Right. and you will just automatically get up and feed that fire.
0: So you can sense it.
1: That is correct.
0: That is correct. All right. So, you know, here on Long Island, a lot of people are tuning in. Um, you know, with, with everything going on in the world today, you know, they're talking about climate change. They're talking about, like, possibilities of um, unrest from political for political reasons. If you have to evacuate Long Island, you know, um, uh, the bug out bag, that's, that's the one thing you should have ready by your door, by your front door, that just is, in case, right?
1: That is correct. What would, you, um, what would you consider to be the most important thing to get in that bug-out bag? The most important thing to be in that bug-out bag, I'm going to say some type of shelter, having some water, some food, and materials to make a fire, as well as any other defense mechanism. Uh, you want especially uh, also a first-aid kit. Uh, you want to have, of course, your cell phone. Uh, with the solar battery pack. Uh, you want to have uh, some type of note cards with information about you, uh, if there are any medical conditions or anything like that. But uh, there are a number of things, and, of course, a good knife. I always suggest a good full tang knife, a hatchet, and a saw. You're going to use the hatchet to cut larger pieces of wood. You're going to use the knife to help baton wood. And you're going to use the saw when you want to cut wood to a precise length. Yes. Okay. I got so those are just a few of the things to have in a bug out bag. Of course, you're going to have, uh, you know, blankets, uh, some type of tarp, uh, mylar tarp to help keep you warm. Right. So one of the things I watched a,
0: a couple of your videos. I love I love your videos. You're very you're very good on um you're on YouTube, uh, bushcraft. Yes, the Virginia bushcrafter. Uh, yeah thank great, you yeah great videos. uh one of them was that you should you should know where you're going uh before time you should pick a location like you know before you know just run out and just randomly find a place
1: that is correct uh many times people say i'm they're going to bug out, but you must have a location uh where you uh, where you can go now you have to take in consideration how far the location. What mode of transportation are you going to walk? Or are you going to drive, or are you going to ride a bicycle? Mm-hmm. So you have to know that location, and I would suggest go to that location as, as much as you can to get familiar with the lay of the land. So yeah, definitely having a bug out location is very important. as a matter of fact, it is very good to have more than one because you never know if you get there there may be other campus nearby, okay.
0: And one of the things I found interesting, and you know, it's a pretty obvious thing, but you don't think about it, is that um, even if you're just practicing, if you're going out alone, uh, you should definitely tell somebody wh- uh, where you're going and when you should when you're going to be returning. So if you don't return, like say if you're going for the weekend, you don't return on the Sunday, uh, they say, "Oh, you know, Joey said he'd be home on Sunday, and he's not around yet." And they know the location you were at. That is so
1: true. Uh, I always leave a relative or a friend with an itinerary, I let them know when I'm leaving my house, I call them when I get to the location, and I call them that night, I'll give them a certain time, I'm gonna call them at night, I will call them in the morning, and if I if they don't hear from me, here is a number to call the game ward or some local authority. Okay. So you always wanna let them know where you're going Also, you want to carry, if you have any medical issues, you want to have that written down, and you want to let your next of kin know about your medical issues as well. Because in the event of a rescue that is needed, that is going to help the rescue squad so much. If they see that notepad and they know what type of medical conditions you have, if any. So again, so letting people know where you're going carrying a medical his, uh, your medical history, leaving an itinerary with them, and maintaining contact with someone at all times.
0: That's very important. Yeah, because, you know, I'm going to probably start um, going out and, and looking for locations, uh, you know, upstate, and uh, you don't want to be out there alone, and God forbid you hurt your ankle or something, you know, and you have no access. At least people will know where you are. They'll find your car and they'll be able to track you down.
1: That is correct. That is correct. And one thing that uh, when you're out there, you don't ever want to rush when you're in the bush. You want to walk slowly. You want to make sure that you don't, you know, try and prevent any type of injury, twisting your ankle, cutting your hand, or anything like that. You don't want to thrust yourself into any survival mode right. because the survival mode, you cannot see it, you cannot feel it, but you will know when you are in a survival mode. If you are in a survival mode, the first one of the things you want to do is to protect yourself, to make sure that you are in a location that will enhance or help the rescue squad find you. Uh, you have to determine is this location is safe enough or do I have to move. Mm-hmm. So when you're out there at that type of location, you're looking for protection uh, from the weather, shelter, Uh, Location Is it good enough to stay there or do you have to move? You want to uh, be aware if there's water near or do you have water? And most of all, you want to have food. If you're going into the bush for one day, you want to carry enough food for a day and a half. And when half of that food is gone and you're in a uh, survival mode, you immediately want to start foraging food. You may have to hunt. You may have to um, uh, fish. You know, squirrels, uh, a, hunt, a squirrel, a rabbit, or something of that nature. Okay. But um, you want to avoid being thrust into a survival situation. Don't ignore the weather if you think there's a storm coming and, well, I'll stay out here for 30 more minutes and you get caught in the storm. Or you twist your ankle and you can't go down a ridge that you went up a ridge. So there's no need to ever rush or try to move quickly when you are in the bush.
0: That makes total sense. So take your time, be safe, you're all alone, you know, take care, take care, uh, don't create an emergency, you know, keep yourself safe.
1: That is, that is correct. So That is correct. What what are the 10 Cs of survivability? The 10 Cs of survivability is cutting tools, which is going to be an axe or a knife, or a saw. They can be redundancy. So the cutting tools, those are my three uh, cutting tools. Cover, which is having something to sleep on, something to sleep in, and something to sleep under. A container, which is going to be your canteen. Also, your rucksack or your backpack can be a container. A container can be anything that you can put your supplies in. The next one is cordage. I always carry... Five fifty, at least 100 yards or more of 550 paracord with also number 36 bank line. The next seat is combustible, something that is combustible. Uh, I carry a ferris rod and I will carry flint and steel, either one of those. I always carry matches and lighters, but I keep them as a last resort. I conserve those. Okay. The next one uh, ten, of the ten seats is cotton, which can be a bandana. The bandana can serve as a first aid uh, equipment, a sling of that uh, of, of that sort, and I prefer orange bandana. And I used to carry two because a bandana can be used as a marker. It can be used as a signal. Uh, again, first aid and so forth. The next one is cargo tape. Now, cargo tape can be used to uh, repair your clothing. It can repair uh, your tarp. It can be used as a fire starter by tearing it apart and using the edges of the uh, cardboard uh, tape. The next one are candles, which will be your headlamp or flashlight. You always want to carry at least two with backup batteries and also a candle in and of itself. The next one is a canvas needle. Now this needle can be used to sew clothes if necessary. It can be used to assist in making a fire with battery, with a battery and steel wool. And one of the most important things is using a compass. So again, your 10C could be a cutting tool, cover, container, cordage, combustion, cotton, carpet tape, candle, canvas needle, and a compass.
0: Very important items to bring with you when you're, when you're heading out by yourself. Yes. The yes. Ru- the rules of three, right, so I, I heard on on your video yesterday, I was listening to one of them, is how long you can be without uh, water, how long you can be without food, and how long you can be without air.
1: Yes. You know, the rule is with air, uh, again, it's three minutes, with water is three days, and with food is three weeks. Now when it comes to water, many times, again, we hear that we can go three days without water. But when you are in the bush and you are exerting a lot of energy right. or if you are in a survival mode,
0: right.
1: it's going to be, your body is going to be very, very uncomfortable after the first day. You know, because the lack of food, lack of water, your body would, would not improve. It would only become weaker. But we do know we can go three days without water, three weeks without food, and three minutes without air. But we want to avoid that at all costs, you know. But again, I think the most one of the most important is that we don't expect to go three days without water, uh, in a survival mode, you know. Your body just doesn't improve, it only decreases.
0: That makes total sense. So you've know, been exerting yourself, you're gonna you 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 know you need water, so make sure you have water around where you set up shop.
1: That is correct. That is correct. So you can... P- yeah, you may be in the water that you know that you may have to get from a running stream or a creek, right. and you want to be you want to know how to purify that water, uh, to filter the water first to remove any debris, right. and then purify it. Now you can use iodine or other Aqua tablets, but I think the safest way to purify water is by boiling the water. Correct, yeah. If you're, uh, I believe a six thousand. 500 uh, above sea level or at sea level. You should boil it for a minute or up to three minutes, but I always boil my water at least 10 minutes.
0: So that, those are the ways to purify water and make it safe for drinking. Um, now, you, yes. you personally, uh, what what it would be your strengths and weaknesses um, when you're doing bushcrafting?
1: I think my strength would be being able to harvest wood and build a fire. Uh, with fire, you immediately have security. Uh, you have comfort. You have serenity. You're always going to have life. Uh, I think fire is the safest. you're going to stay warm. My weakness is navigation. Okay. Now, I've never, I'm just really learning to use a compass I've always used a GPS system, but I have had times where I went out into the bush. When I left my house, my GPS system had four bars. When I got to my location, it was down to one bar. So my weakness right now is navigation. I want to become very familiar and learn how to use a compass as well as paste beads and a topographical map.
0: Very important, very very important people you know compass it sounds easy, but you know when you're in the middle of nowhere
1: you have to figure these things out. That is so correct. There's a lot of components to a um, to a compass um, you know I mean there have been times I've gone out and I'm using my compass, but what you also have to remember that's um, latitude and longitude, so you I' said you know it's taking me in the right direction. why didn't it take me to my car? However, I was going in the right direction, but I strayed off, uh, I want to say, somewhat to the west. So you have to learn bearings and ethnics and so forth. But, yeah, navigation is definitely, I need improvement on navigation. Okay. Well,
0: at least uh, you, you're working on it. You know, I mean, i got to improve on everything. I, I'm, I'm a beginner, so everything you're, taking, you're saying now and all your videos, I'm taking to heart, and um, I'm going to be mm-hmm. studying all of this, especially in today's world with everything that's going on. Um, yeah. you know the climate change alone the weather you can everybody you can see the weather changing you know every, every um every year to That's year So if you personally can only take one item with you um which one would you say is a must have
1: A must have would be a full tang knife okay with a full tang knife I'm going to be able to chop wood split wood I'm going to be able to dig. I'm going to be able to uh, get tender from a tree. I think, uh, the, yeah, again, the knife is the most – I would take the knife. That The okay. utmost tool would be a full-tang knife, and I would prefer a knife that is 7 to 10 inches. Okay. Yeah. If I needed to baton a piece of wood, I know if it's 5 inches. It's not going to be a problem if I have a – a knife that is anywhere from seven to ten inches.
0: So you obviously go out a lot. Um, in all your experiences, what would be your most difficult overnight? And have my been, most yeah, and, and why? Like, what was your most difficult overnight? Was it because of the weather? Is it because you, you didn't have something that you forgot to pack? I mean, what would be, what would you think would be yeah. your di- yeah. most your most difficult time alone, being solo out there?
1: Yes. My most difficult time been alone is when I made an A-frame debris shelter. Okay. It took me two days to make that. Wow. The reason why it was so difficult is because I'm six feet and the height of it was, uh, the height of it is about three feet. Every, and I also, I built a fire too far away because I didn't want a lot of the embers going and hitting the leaves. But every time we would get into the debris shelter, I would constantly bump my head. And when I'm in there for maybe 30 minutes, I I had to get up to go feed the fire because at that location, there was not much hardwood. It was a lot of pine, which burned quickly. And that, I must say, and it was very cold that night, that was my most difficult night Sleeping in an A-frame debris shelter. What I learned from that experience, with my height, I need to have a clearance of at least five, at least four and a half to five feet, and uh, that's very doable. But I used a down tree, and uh, I just stacked uh, wood up against it and filled it with um, leaves and and. Um, Greenery and that was debris shelter, but that was my most difficult time sleeping in an A-frame debris shelter, having to get up so often because the fire was further away than I normally uh, make it.
0: Well, I got to tell you, for beginners, I, I love. I watched your videos throughout the week, and I-, I-, I learned a lot from you, like making the A-frame, uh, the lean-to, or the, the plow point wedge. Uh, people, yeah. people listening right now out there on Long Island, if you go to YouTube. And you put in the Virginia bushcrafter, uh, you, you'll see Stephen explaining um, everything he's talking about right now in video in detail. It's it's really it's really um, awesome. Uh, so the A-frame, you had a problem with that. The lean-to, I, I like the lean-to. That's the one that comes down the side.
1: Yes, yes, and I think that that is the easiest one to put up. Uh, started out making lean-to uh, with a five by seven uh grab a tarp, you just take a ridge line and attach it to two trees and you just um, put the uh you stake it down in the back and I usually have it at a thirty five to forty five degree angle and uh, that will protect you from rain and so forth and, and additionally with that lean to you can also make what's called a super shelter by putting uh plastic all around, basically enclosing the, um the lane two. And anytime you need to get up, you can just roll up the plastic and go and feed your fire. But as a beginner, I would say one thing that the easiest one to start with is a lane to uh, debris shelter. lean two shelter.
0: So you think that for beginners, that would be the, the, the first
1: one you'd, you'd want to start out with? You a lean to and then go to an A-frame. An A-frame. An A-frame will cover you even more so. Okay. And the plow point wedge? The, the plow point, uh, it's basically you want to use a square truck 10 by 10. Right. And you you take, um, one of the corners and you attach it to a tree. Okay. And then you go to the back and you stake out the, um, back grommets. Mm. And it will be, it will be in the shape of a diamond. And this will cover you from the back and both sides. And if there is rain or anything, you can actually go to the back further into the, uh, plow point. Another good thing about the plow point, you can easily unstake it if the wind is blowing inside and it's hitting you. And you can turn it around so that the wind is hitting the back of the plow point. So the plow point it's basically a diamond shape. It's very versatile as far as moving it. Now, you know, you can have your campfire there, and you can move it around the campfire as well. But uh, that's a very good one, uh, the plow point. is a very good one, very good shelter.
0: It protects you from the wind. It sounds like something like that protects you from the wind. I like all all the um, all three of these. I think the A frame is the most is probably the most uh, popular one. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Um, so the A frame, but I want I want to make sure everybody that's listening right now here on Long Island, if they go to uh, Virginia Bushcrafter on YouTube, you have to go to that uh, YouTube page, the Virginia Bushcrafter, and uh, check out Stephen. Uh, I've learned a lot and uh you think you know everything and it's easy but it's not it's very detailed and and Stephen goes into it step by step on on how to make an A frame um you know how to prepare a fire um the 10 Cs everything is on YouTube so uh what what is modern bushcrafting what
1: is modern bushcrafting Stephen modern modern bushcrafting is a term a friend came <laughs> up they made uh made up uh I think that was basically more of a joke, but he was using a uh, lighter that he bought at a store. Ah. And, and you know, he said, oh, well, this is more of a modern bushcrafter. But, you know, so I think really I would say modern bushcrafter is probably something, someone who uses uh, lighters more so uh, that bring their folding chairs and so forth. Whereas a bushcrafter, I try to remain as primitive as possible. I got you. I, mean, I want to make my own chair if so I'm going to make a chair. But, yeah, modern modern bushcrafter is just a um, something that a friend of mine came up with because he was using a uh, very fancy lighter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it's not reality. It's not what you'd find out in the middle of nowhere. You know, He's he's
1: bringing uh, comfort stuff with him, right? Exactly. More or less. What is the difference between bushcrafting and camping. So, so Stephen, is there
0: anything uh, you'd like to promote? Uh, we got just about 30 seconds left.
1: Well, you know, again, I want to thank everyone uh, for listening. Uh, check out my channel, The Virginia Bushcrafter. I make sure I try to get out in the bush at least three times a month, two on a Saturday or a Sunday, and do an overnighter uh, one weekend and one weekend of rest. And I would surely say, Exercise, increase your stamina, stay in and shape. so forth. Stay in shape. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, stay, stay in shape. Being physically most fit. Of them, get out in the bush and have some fun because you will really learn what you know, what you don't know, how to correct what you don't know, why things work and why they don't. There's no better experience than getting out in the bush and just enjoying nature.